If you see a stranger and you sense danger, odds are they're probably strangerous. This world is a strange one. As we should all know by now, other people are just too unpredictable to trust, even after you've known them for months. Heck, even if you've been married to them for years, you can't be sure of what they do in the middle of the night, all while you're unconscious. So let's see how creepy it can get with these allegedly true encounters with strangers. But first, would you guys please follow me on vid.me slash darkness prevails just in case YouTube implodes. It's being very weird lately. Also, send me your scary office stories and scary mall stories soon at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Now, let's meet some new people some new weird people. Number one, My Scary Neighbor, submitted by Maddie. To begin this story, it happened a couple of years ago when I was about 14 years old. I was still young and I acted before thinking most of the time. I was naive and I kept things to myself. So as I'm finally telling this story now, I realize I should have spoken to someone sooner. This all happened in my town of around 50,000 people. And though it doesn't sound small, it's a town most people haven't heard of. To help you visualize the layout, my neighborhood is formed into blocks, but it cuts off into a Z formation on one side. And that's why it's called the Z court. So 14-year-old me was a more home-bodied kid than anyone you'd probably ever met. The only reason you'd find me outside was to support my love of photography, and that's when this strange man comes into play. You see, I was outside one day, playing around with my small blue Nikon camera, walking around my block and taking pictures of flowers, the trees, and everything a nature lover like me could think of. As I was walking along the Z court, which does look like a bigger version of an alleyway, I heard a man's voice calling out to me. He was asking me all sorts of questions, things a 40-something-year-old man shouldn't really be asking a teenager. Asking stuff like what my age was, if I liked taking pictures, asking me if I liked to dress pretty, then proceeded to compliment the outfit I was wearing. He motioned me to follow him back into his yard, which is actually visible from mine from over a fence. He said he had some cool stuff that I could take pictures of. I'd already been in his yard before because I was friends with the girls who lived in the house before him and I knew it was a mess because there's a fence showing his yard. I politely declined and he continued to motion me into his yard. I kept on walking past his house continuing on my routine journey around our block, ignoring his calls to me and walking faster. Later on that night, I noticed that all his lights were on in his house from my kitchen window, and I could see him walking around inside, me being a curious little tween. The whole night, I continued to peer at him from my house, and my dad eventually asked me what I was doing. When I told him I was watching this guy called James, he told me to stop being a stalker. No matter how strange he looked, it wasn't polite. 
Of course, I ignored my dad, and I looked back through my window, only to see that James was standing in his window now, staring back at me from that distance. But his face was too dark by the horrible lighting to see exactly what kind of expression he had on his horrible face. When I saw that he was looking at me, I ducked down as fast as I possibly could to hide away. I could feel my heart drop down to my feet. As fast as I could, I dropped into a squat position and I waddled quickly into my dining room. Then I ran upstairs to my bedroom, escaping the strange man's gaze. I decided to sleep off my fear, hoping that he didn't actually catch me and also hoping he wouldn't come after me. I woke up that next day and my mom told me that James from next door had been arrested. They found over 100 weapons, mostly guns in his house and a computer filled with pictures of children if you catch my drift. He was arrested, put on trial, and eventually he was put into jail for God knows how long. I'm pretty sure if anyone looked it up, you can find it on the internet, his name, his address, and everything against him. Thank God I was smart that day, that I knew better than to follow him to his house. Otherwise, I probably would have ended up as a picture on his computer. And with all those weapons laying around, who knows what would have happened to me. In fact, I wonder to this day what happened to the children in those pictures. Are they out and about trying to lead normal lives or are they missing person cases that I know nothing about? I just hope that this James fellow stays in jail for a very long time. Number two, my never-ending nightmare. Submitted by Opal. I'm no stranger to having stalkers, but it's this specific stalker who is making my life a nightmare come true. Have you ever had to be nice to someone you didn't want to? That was me every day. Starting during my eighth grade year, I was a teacher's assistant and that was fine. Until we got a new student, he came straight from Juby, and apparently he'd shown enough improvement to be brought back into the public school system. Nevertheless, I gave the kid the benefit of the doubt. As time went on, this started to fade. He smelled, the kid never bathed. You could see stains and dirt on him that remained for days at a time, and you could smell him throughout the entire class. It smelled like a farm just threw up on him. And unfortunately for me, it was my job to get him up to speed to where the class was. But that's not the worst part. He must have disliked me because one day he went up to my already overprotective brother and said straight up to him that he would do the worst kind of things to me until I slowly died and that he'd make my brother watch and that was the first time my older brother ever got into a fight at school. He was protecting me from a kid who was obviously some sort of psychopath, and usually my brother, though big, is just a big teddy bear. After he got back from his suspension and was back to school, everyone was scared to death of the kid, and from that point forward, it only got worse. Even after he moved to a different school, 
Sometimes he would park his truck in the parking lot of where I work, and he would just sit there for hours, waiting for my shift to end. I guess I was lucky, because he never got out of his truck. He just stayed behind the driver's wheel, staring at me. And I guess once he got his fill, he would just leave. But believe me, he always came back. Not too long after that, I began seeing his truck following me around town. I panicked every time I saw it behind me, and I hoped that it was just a coincidence, that it was just someone with a similar truck. So being stupid, whoever was in that truck, I let them see where I live. I would never see his truck stop following me until I finally graduated, and he seemed to drop off the face of the earth. I thought I was out of this mess, but I think I was wrong, because on several different occasions now, I've heard knocking at the door at night, and every time I go look out the window, there's no one there. And sometimes, I swear, I woke up in the middle of the night to tapping on my bedroom window. My fiance goes away to basic training soon, which will leave me alone in this house for a while. I don't know if I can stay here alone. I don't know if things will get worse or better, and I just don't have enough proof that it really is him tormenting me still. I'll keep my eyes open and I won't let my guard down because I know the first time I forget to lock one of my doors, I won't be alone in my house any longer. Number three, Creepy Stalker Man, submitted by Beth. This happened not too long ago. I'm 17 years old and I live in the UK. Now you can't go to clubs until you're 18, but I began going out at 16. It's always creepy drunk guys trying to touch you up, trying to cop a feel when they shouldn't be and they don't really care how old you are, but usually it's not too bad and I just go out with friends to get drunk and party. I'm underage and I don't care about going home with anyone. A few months ago, I went out with a friend. We had a good night, but then as always, she got too drunk and passed out. She somehow went home, so I was on my own for the rest of the night. I stood there in the corner of the club just drinking more slowly. I was already wasted though, so I decided to just keep drinking. That's a really bad idea, especially when you're alone with strangers. Suddenly, an old looking man came up to me and he stood next to me. He began talking and asked me what happened to my friend, and I told him the truth. He then said that he knew her himself in the past, and then he later on told me he lied about that, and he doesn't know her at all. After that, I just kind of ended the conversation, but he persisted. He was asking me how old I was, and due to the alcohol, I was telling him I was answering every question. I told him I was 17, and he replied that he was 50. This creeped me out, and I just didn't think enough of it. Again, I was so drunk. It was getting early in the morning, so I told him I had to go home. He said he'd walk me home, so I agreed, figuring it was better than going alone. I was foolish back then, I won't lie. I wish I had just left him there. This guy was around six feet tall, 
and he had a very big build. I'm only five foot, so if he tried anything, his body weight would probably stop me from escaping or doing anything at all. As we were walking home, he suddenly tried to kiss me, but I pushed him away and I reminded him that I was underage, that what he was trying to do was illegal. He just laughed and we carried on walking, though we weren't talking as much anymore. At this point, I just wanted to be rid of him, but I couldn't just make him go away. I didn't want him to know where I lived and we were halfway there already, so I had no choice. The next day when I woke up, I had a missed call on my phone. I couldn't text with this phone, so I couldn't text them to see who it was. I tried to search the number online, but I couldn't find anything on it. A few weeks later, I decided to download the WhatsApp app to see if I could find out who it was, and to my surprise, a profile came up. It was the same guy. I messaged him, and he messaged me back the next day, asking how my friend was and if she got home okay the other night. Now, I have no idea how this creep got my number. I began asking him why he tried to kiss me the other night, and he said something like, think of it as payment for me helping you get home. I straight up called him a pedophile for even thinking that that was okay, and after that he said sorry, and then he blocked me. Well, a few weeks ago, I decided to go out with some friends to get high. I met them at about six in the morning and we smoked. We just chilled out together. As I was leaving them, we stood on the corner of the street to say goodbye. When I saw a car drive up, I looked in the windshield and I saw the same man. I kid you not, I was scared. As my friends left me, he began to drive on and thanks to my high, the paranoia began to kick in. I thought he was going to start following me, and unfortunately, my paranoia was right. His car kept speed behind me as I walked down the street. The moment I could, I ran down an alley to try to evade him. I had no idea where I was going, and I did not want to go straight home. I ended up walking back past the corner where I first saw him, and as soon as I got to the corner, there he was. He pulled up on the road and I shouted to him, stop following me. He just said back, oh, hello again, princess. Then he drove off with the most creepy grin on his face. After that, I ran home as fast as I could. I just wanted to be in my own house, away from the world. Thankfully, I made it home and I made sure all the windows were closed and the doors locked. I sat in the kitchen for a good half hour, going over in my head what had just happened. I waited there in silence, expecting the worst to come. But in that quietness, I suddenly heard something, the cough from an older man coming from my backyard. I was sure it was him, but it didn't make any sense. If he had followed me home, he couldn't get in my backyard because of the locked gate. But if he really wanted to, I think he could have climbed it. I had no idea, and my fear was building by the moment. I ran to my room, shutting and locking the door behind me. I laid in my bed just thinking about everything and crying over the whole ordeal. 
I kept thinking to myself, he's after me and he's going to get me eventually, probably even kill me if he ever sees me out alone. Maybe it was just the high, but I was more terrified than I'd ever been. Eventually, I forced myself to go to sleep. I didn't see him after that until a few days ago. I was walking home down my street and he drove past in that very same car, staring and smiling at me the whole time, not watching the road at all. I wished that he would just crash and get hurt, maybe even die, is that mean? I haven't seen him since, but I know he's following me. I know he knows where I live. I feel his gaze on me all the time. I'm always aware of my surroundings now whenever I leave the house because I know he's there. I try not to go out in public unless I'm accompanied by a friend or loved one. I don't know what this freak wants, but what I do know is that he's a creepy lowlife that needs some serious help. I hope I never see him again. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer, Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play with my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number 4. The Attic Creeper Submitted by Ron Yana. I was 11 years old when I moved from Massachusetts to New Hampshire. I was an awkward kid and I did not make friends very easily. Everything in the house had carpet except for the attic. It had a pull down ladder to get up into and it gave off an unfinished creepy vibe and an even worse smell. And lucky for me, it was in my room, so that creeped me out even more. One day, I was left home alone. It was a Friday night, and my parents were out, and my little brother was at a friend's house. So I invited a friend over to my place because I was bored and didn't want to be alone. Soon after she came, we began to make cookies and pop some popcorn to watch a movie. As we were watching a movie, I heard footsteps coming from upstairs, but we were home alone. I dismissed them at first, thinking it was just outside 
that it just sounded like it was coming from within the house. But after the footsteps came back, it began to worry me. At around 9.30, my friend had to go home and I was left all alone in my big empty house with these creepy footsteps that came and went. Being the kid I was, I went upstairs with a baseball bat, just in case. And then when I saw that I was safe, I went to bed, but I couldn't sleep. It just wouldn't come to me. So I eventually got up and I took a shower. And after I got out and began changing, I saw a flash from the corner of my eye. It alarmed me and it freaked me out. I screamed and cried, but it fell on deaf ears because no one was home and they wouldn't be home until Sunday morning, tomorrow. I went over to the phone and debated on calling the police, but I thought against it multiple times. I just didn't know what I saw, if I saw anything. So cautiously, I went back to my room, only to hear those footsteps coming from above me. Unmistakably, those sounds were coming from the attic in my room. Again, I was freaking out even harder and I cried quietly as I crawled into bed. In the half and half darkness, I saw another white flash coming from above me. So I just closed my eyes and pretended it wasn't happening. But beyond my eyelids, I saw those bright flashes every few minutes. It went on for the rest of the night like that. In the morning, in the very early morning, because I didn't sleep at all, I immediately heard the footsteps above me and I had had enough. I ran away from my room and I dialed 911 on the closest phone I could find. I was grateful to see that the police were at my doorstep within minutes. They didn't look very happy that I was home alone and I knew if my parents had arrived then, they'd probably have gotten a good chewing out, but that didn't matter. I felt safe now. I could put my mind at ease. I led them to my room, and I showed them where the pull-down rope was to pull down the ladder to the attic. They pulled the door down, and they climbed upstairs cautiously, and they were shocked at what they saw. There was food up there, half-eaten food, there were bare footprints in the dust and a bunch of sheets wadded up in the corner where it looked like someone had been laying. Quickly, I was taken outside and put in a police car, I'm assuming to keep me safe, and I watched as they came out of the house, shaking their heads. They'd found nothing else. They didn't find anyone of any importance, but then there was a lot of commotion around the back of the house, and in shock and fear, I watched the scene unfold. Three different cops basically dragged a strange looking man in tattered clothes out from the back of my house. He was fighting them hard and he had a small looking thing around his neck. Something I later found out was a flashlight, the kind that printed the pictures a few seconds after you took them. I was horrified at what I was seeing. Had he been taking pictures of me? Was he the person that was in my attic? About a week later, I was finally let in on what happened exactly. The cops don't tell you much when you're that age and your parents try their best to hide it from you, even if you were the one in the closest immediate danger. But yeah, I eventually did find out.
The man was on the run, a criminal who was wanted for an assortment of charges, ranging from sexual assault to murder. And he had been very much living in our attic. No one really knew for how long, and he wouldn't say a word to the police. After I learned the truth of this incident, I moved out of that dang room and I got myself another place to sleep. My old room where this happened is currently unoccupied and I'm going to keep it that way if I can. And number five, my seven year stalker, submitted by Mia. I've had a stalker for seven years now. It all started when I was eight. I was at my friend's house one day. She lives in the middle of five acres covered with woods. It's a gorgeous place, albeit a bit creepy. Well, we were out exploring with our pocket knives and guns, and we were deep in the woods. I felt something. I felt someone. I felt like someone was watching me from behind. So I turned around to confirm that my suspicions were correct. Behind us was a man in a ratty mask following us. He didn't even try to hide from our view. The moment I spotted him, he just stood there, standing completely still. It was hunting season after all, so I assumed that we had just crossed paths with some weird hunter wearing some odd mask for whatever reason. So slowly I turned around and me and my friend continued on our way. As soon as we were out of earshot of this guy, we started making fun of him, but deep inside, I was kind of creeped out by the experience. Later back at home, at around 8 p.m., I couldn't get the idea of this guy out of my head. Why was he wearing that mask? My dad was a big hunter himself, and I've never seen any sort of equipment like that. I've seen the masks some hunters wear, and there was nothing similar that came to my mind. Anyway, the next night, we decided to camp out in the old shed in front of the woods. My friend's grandfather was attempting to make a well next to the shed, so there was a hole about six feet deep next to the campsite. We were stupid kids, so we jumped in the hole and pretended to play war, imagining we were fighting in trenches. As soon as we did, a car drove by and four guys jumped out, all wielding flashlights. They started screaming for us to come out and play with them. Naturally, as we didn't know these people, we freaked out and just got deeper into our hole. And thank God, they didn't look in there. Well, the next summer, I came back to my friend's house and me and her were playing mini soccer in her basement. She had these windows where even though you were underground, you could still partially see above ground. She asked me if we could go upstairs because she was starting to get creeped out. She said that something felt off or wrong. So I began to look around, trying to prove to her that there was nothing to worry about. I assumed at first that it was just the basement, you know, a deep, dark, and damp basement. That would creep out any child's mind, right? But as soon as I looked up to the window to my left, I saw the man in the same mask and he was watching us. We ran upstairs screaming, telling everyone who crossed our paths exactly what we saw. 
Her grandpa went outside to look around, but he found no one, and needless to say, no one believed us after that. There were a few more times like this. I moved to South Carolina 14 hours away from her, unwillingly, and I hated it. A few months back, I was home alone at around 11 p.m. My parents work really late. I was watching TV in my living room. My living room is lined with windows, and from those windows, you can see the whole street in front of our house and a little piece of a nearby street. At one moment, I felt like I was being watched. I looked out the window, and again, the same guy, same mask, standing there watching me like he did so long ago. He was standing under a street light, just staring towards my house, and I knew he was watching me. For about a month after, I would be hanging outside playing volleyball or something like that, and I would see him drive by. He would do that repeatedly, always wearing that stupid tattered mask, too big for his head. We moved away from that house to a house across town, but I did see him the other day. Something tells me that I'll only be seeing more of him throughout my life, because I don't think he's finished quite yet. Strangers are creepy. There's no doubt about it. You don't know what they're thinking. You don't know what they're capable of. And you don't know what they'll do next. Plus, you can't just stand there and watch them constantly because then that makes you the creepy stranger. So I guess you can only do one thing. Wait and hope that they don't sneak up behind you and end your life. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your office or mall scary stories soon at darknessprevails.org. Thank you. Also, a huge thanks goes out to Romulus02 for becoming our newest patron. Thank you so much for that extra help, and I promise I won't let you down. To all of you out there, stay safe and stay creepy. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.